with you, 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 always with you. Welcome to With You, a podcast meant to share the stories of women across the rugby community, to highlight our connections and our growth, and to delight in a good belly laugh whenever we can. I'm Suze, my pronouns are she, her, and I'll be your host. Welcome back, fam. Here we are in our third episode of With You, the podcast all about women's rugby. This week is super fun. You'll immediately know what I'm talking about because Twigs has a ton of energy. Really great vibes through and through. One of the coolest parts about this episode, too, is I've never actually met Twigs in person. We talked like, I don't know, five or six minutes before we started this recording, and immediately I I was just so excited to get into it. She has had quite the rugby career, 15 years, and with it, she's had a baby, she's pregnant with a second, and looking forward to another season whenever we get back to normal rugby after COVID. There's also some in-depth coverage of a serious neck injury she had during a sevens game at Lakefront Sevens. Shout out to Chi-Town. Gotta love Chicago. But the first half hour is the real juice. Just kidding, it's all juicy. That first bit, though, we really talk shop. We talk about different positions and rookies and coaching and the struggles of collegiate players, but also appreciation for the back three, how everybody gets stuck at the winger in the beginning, but how important wingers and fullbacks really are. It's good, I gotta tell you. But without further ado, let's go. Thank you guys for being Hello. Hi, welcome. Thank you. So good to be here. Um, Yeah, welcome to the show, Twigs. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. I'm glad that I can join you, Suze. Yeah, this will be fun. Um, Just for everyone listening, can you share your pronouns, please? Yeah, uh, it's she, her. Thank you. All right. Well, I've never met you before. I'm super excited. Well, in person, you know, we had like a five minute conversation (laughs) and we've texted a little bit. So I think I know something about you. (laughs) Just your friendliness. So I'm super excited to get into this. Can you tell me how you found rugby? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I found rugby when I was a freshman in college. Um, I believe that like, you know, the freshmen's get to college like a day or two early before like, you know, everybody else. And they have like freshman orientation day where like all the local clubs um, and uh, they scout you. Exactly. You're out on the quad. And I found this group, I knew I was never a sorority type. That's nothing against them, but it just wasn't me personally. Mm-hmm. However, I saw these two, um, these two ambassadors, and they had like the coolest jerseys on. They were like neon pink, and I was like, "Oh my god, what's that?" <laughs> and um, they informed me that they were rugby players, and I was like, "Rugby." what the hell is that? Is that, you know, of course I make a joke. Everyone's like, is that about the one with the sticks? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so uh, I got that cleared up real quick. 
Um, I and so I went to I went to college at first at Illinois State University. They mm-hmm. they're they were known as the fighting highlighters for their rugby team and that's why their jerseys were like neon pink and honestly that's what attracted me to rugby in the first place cuz I knew I wanted to play a sport in college. Uh-huh. So you you were like a bug to to fluorescent light, huh? Just like I, neon jerseys, here we go. Absolutely. And they were <laughs> They were super warm and inviting. Um, cool. You know, I, I did play uh, track and field um, in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was, you know, something that um, I, I just didn't want to run in, in college. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I knew I was fast and I had a skill set, but mm-hmm. I, I knew nothing about rugby and I was very inquisitive. So um, when they kind of like you know they didn't tell me what rugby was immediately they're like why don't you come to like our cookout you know it's gonna be so cool (laughs) and so that's that's how I got lured in nice with food and beer yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) wow shout out to that college team for having a cookout as one of their first events because I know we just dragged everyone to practice and we're like "Mm, this is how we're not going to get you attached socially first but it, it seemed to work. I, I like that take. So you showed up at this cookout by yourself or did you like drag a friend with you or what? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I went by myself. Um, when I was cool. went to college, I, I had a boyfriend, but he was a little bit older than me. Um, so he mm-hmm. wasn't on campus. And so I, I've always been kind of independent and said, you know what, I'm just gonna try this. And uh, I knew absolutely nobody, but um, I identified quickly the the hierarchy on like who I should attach myself to <laughs> in, in order to get anywhere. <laughs> so uh, and I, I found out who the vets were. I found out who the captain was. And cool. I kind of I kind of leached onto her. <laughs> nice. So much intention. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, listen. I was ready to like. Because, you know, when I play, when I, when I wanted to do a sport, I wanted to be competitive, you know, like uh-huh. this, it wasn't something I was going lackadaisical into because I, I was super competitive in high school um, uh-huh. for, from my running. And so I, I wanted that structure. I didn't want like pickup games. And, sure. you know, I, at this meeting, <laughs> I made a name for myself and not in such a positive way, but my first question was, is there is there like a JV or varsity team? And they said, yeah, there's, there's an A side and a B side. And my follow-up question was, well, how do, how do I get on the A side? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Some of the, some of the vets uh, just were uh, really taken back by, by my bluntness of like, Hey, Uh I want to compete. And, you know, I didn't hashtag overachiever. Oh, for sure. And, and I didn't realize that like, you kind of have to, um, I didn't know the lay of the land on team sports. I mean, track and field to some degree is an individual sport. And yes, you have relays, Mm -hmm. but this was a whole different dynamic. And I just absolutely was not exposed to it. So like my curiosity came off uh, intimidating to some people Mm -hmm. and like, oh, well, look at this rookie. We, (laughs) we need to put her in in her place. (laughs) But wow. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there were other other upperclassmen that were like okay I love this because <laughs> oh, for sure. we don't know if she's aggressive on the field yet but like 
she has an aggressive personality so probably you know you know I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that as well because it's a very polarizing thing you know you have those people who are willing for that openness and then there's people Mm -hmm. who are just kind of intimidated by it but either way it's any it's everybody's choice and my my uh inspiration wasn't based off of what do I need to do to please everybody it's how can I be good how can I add service to this team and tell me what I need to do and I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's an amazing attitude to go in with. So you had already developed like quite a bit of confidence by the time you were going into college. You know, it was, uh, it, I, you know, I'm just going to interrupt you right there. Susan. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say it was confidence because <clears throat> many times I, I was not confident, but, but mm-hmm. I had acceptance of who I was. And then that mm-hmm. is what led it. That was, is what led my path for most of my life as an acceptance of this is who I am, who I'm not, uh, because there are plenty of times, even to this day, that I'm not confident. <laughs> yeah, I get that. That's, a, that's just a really nice thought, um, because I know rugby added a lot of that, of me knowing who I was uh, through my pro- like through the process of playing. But that's just so cool. You came in, and you were like, this is who I am. This is what I have to give. I want to be the best. Let me get after it. And you found your way, huh? I found a way. <laughs> you found a way. You found, found your way. Yes. <laughs> cool. So track and field, you mentioned this a little bit, but like track and field was, you ran relays, but more was um, you competing against yourself, right? Yeah, I, well, I was, uh, I was a sprinter and I went to, mm-hmm. I went to state. And so I did wow. the four by one, the four by two. I dabbled in hurdles, but that is a completely different beast in its own. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so I, 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 I was this, I was a speedster. <laughs> so I, I assume you ended up in the back line then. Yeah. Well, you know, they, it seems like, you know, I, I don't know how it is nowadays, but like back in my day when you, they had inexperienced <laughs> always kind of like stuck you at the wing, right? That was the default position is they don't know what they're doing yet. So we're just going to stick you at the winger. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, they definitely judged, uh, my body type, um, whether it was accurate or not, but it was a position that forever, you know, um, cemented me in the back line as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was very fast. However, at that position in a college league when, you know, over, I mean, over like m- almost like two decades ago, they didn't, I didn't get the ball that much. So you couldn't really see how, how quick I was Um, until like, you know, at practices, they were like, does anybody want to do a sprinting race? And I was like, absolutely. Count me in. (laughs) Let me show you how fast I am. And yeah. uh, And at that point um, they actually removed me from winger and they're like, okay, you'll, you'll, you'll be a center. (laughs) Yeah. I know a lot of those college games, the ball hardly ever got to the it wing. Never. Like <laughs> at least it was. In mine. <laughs> it was honestly, yeah, mine too. And I was like a it was a D two club team. Like that, we weren't great. You know, we had a great time. Yeah, but we weren't like super skilled. We didn't have really consistent, great coaching, anything like right. that. So it would always get tied up in the pack forever until like the fly half was screaming at of us, course. and then and then the center would crash. So the wings were like tacklers and place keepers. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and that's. And that's so true. But, you know, throughout my whole experience, like the beauty of, um, you know, the pendulum of the back three of the both the wingers and the, mm-hmm. and the fullback, they're so integral 
to to rub yes. me. However, at, at beginning stages, especially if you don't have like a really knowledgeable coach who understands yep. both the importance of the forwards and the backs, you know, you uh, you you don't get that type of training, right? And so, um, preach, and it's hard to pass, and especially um, in in a sport like women's rugby. You know, we a lot of the women aren't raised with passing games, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. so that skill in itself was was very limited. And many athletes are way more comfortable holding on to the ball and running into contact as opposed to just fling, like passing it in a controlled manner. They'll pass it when they're panicked, <laughs> but yeah, that's the way to go about it. So. So the wingers really, truly didn't get a, 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 any the much needed love that they needed, and and I understand yeah. Yeah. wholeheartedly what it's like to be out there for nearly eighty minutes. Be like, I haven't even seen the ball once. <laughs> yeah, you said so much there that is so true, and that I haven't completely considered. Like, such a good point that we don't really play passing games growing up, and yeah, that's so 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 true. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Really nice. Wow, really good perspective. <laughs> you got me thinking now. But and but I love the beginning when you started that point was that the back three are so integral. Like yeah. they mean so much, and it's such a nuanced game back there. It, it, once you, yeah, once you play a higher level and you start to see big picture and understand what's going on. Wow. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it, you know, the wing, the wings have a, a very important position. Same with fullback too. And you mm-hmm. can't separate them, right? This is not necessarily Mm-mm. saying that this position is better than the other, but in, in a position as, as a winger, you can be the hardest working or you can be the laziest. It really depends on your work ethics in, in terms of that position, because you can look mm-hmm. around, you have the freedom to nose your way into things, you know, but if you aren't taught that Suze, by a, a knowledgeable coach, you have no idea what you're, what you're to do because you naturally think I can only do something if somebody passes me the ball, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's, and it's hard out there. And like, again, there, there are basics that uh, are neglected and not, uh, not willfully, but you just don't have enough coaches, at least in my day, I can't say for now <laughs> that we just didn't yeah. have uh, adult coaches who, who understood how to teach this game to a group of women. So as a lot of coach players, which was is a mm-hmm. very challenging aspect in itself, that dynamic. Yeah, I agree. We had a lot of pack coaches that didn't really mess with the back line. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and then also we had a season where myself and one of my teammates, we were the captains, we had no coach and we had to run it. I've been playing rugby for two years. <laughs> right. What did I have to teach these? I mean, I had some things, of course, and we had a great time, but it was a steep learning curve. And I think from where I sit now, there's more high school programs, there's more youth programs, and I love it. It's so beautiful. It truly is to see the progression. Like I, I'm proud that I, I can say like back in my day, we we didn't have this, but and nowadays it's like <laughs> they have it. They have it in grade school. They have like pee wee rugby and like, mm-hmm. and they have touch rugby, which is so so freaking awesome. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that like as a pioneer, I can see the progression of rugby so that's so cool yeah it is super super cool and it just is increasing the level of skill and athleticism oh yeah in overall it's wow it's mind-blowing honestly yeah Yeah. okay let's back up 
because this has been a great <laughs> digression just on j- j- women's rugby in general. But so you went to this cookout first, like met people, scoped it out. You like you found your points. You were like, this is wh- this is where I'm going to get in here. What was your first practice like? Um, my first practice, and I, you know, for me, it was completely chaotic. Not, not that it was actually chaos objectively, but but because I didn't really understand it, I was, you know, it was such a great learning experience, and I really embraced feeling uncomfortable. But I didn't mm. understand the integration of the drills we were doing, you know, like when there was no learning process prior, it's kind of like jump in, like sink or swim. And while that's yeah. really great on helping, you know, athletes to some degree, you do need a time to defrag to say, this is how we apply it. This is the purpose of the drill. And this is how we can use this in a game, you know? And so for me, I had no idea. It was just like, it was like fitness, you know, with a mm-hmm. little bit of pop passing. Um, and I thought mm-hmm. like after a couple of practices um, that like I was just getting really good at practices, which is not necessarily translatable to games. <laughs> no. So it's not. Absolutely. Because you don't <laughs> do pop passes, like those passes or those passing drills, you know, at, at, uh-huh. <laughs> in those games. And, um, you know, even when it came to like contact, um, it's just, it's much different going on contact, especially again, women aren't necessarily brought up with contact sports in terms of rugby. There are, you know, women who go into football, but it's a whole completely different dynamic and technique when you take away the helmets, when you take away pads and, and things like that. So like there was nothing I could relate to in terms of like my athletic skill as a child uh, and growing up that that I can bring to rugby because it was like, wait, you just want me to clobber this person? Like, isn't this a song? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> um, and, and, and so and, and even back then, there was great intentions to teach proper uh, uh, tackling technique, but it's only as good as your most knowledgeable player if mm-hmm. they can teach it just because they can do it doesn't mean they can teach it. And so it was preach. It was chaos for me, but I eventually was like, well, I'm just going to have my work ethic go up and hopefully that will, you know, pave my path even further. Yeah. Um, I totally had a similar, a similar practice experience where I got really good at the drills, but they, then when I played my first game, I was like, where did all the drills go? <laughs> yes, this is this is a timeout. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, what? Don't tap. We're the co- not ready yet. <laughs> Where are the cones at? <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So was it pretty early on that you got to play your first game um, then, or did you have to wait a little? No, while? It, it was it was pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know on the Illinois State team. Um, we had a we had a good, very good group of girls, and um, I got thrown into a match that was, you know, pretty important in terms of like playoffs. And the way I was thrown in, it was, you know, there's always great stories in rugby. There's sad stories. There's bonding stories. But this one was a very unique, different situation. For you know, I was a very good athlete, but I was literally thrown into an important match not Mm. confident at all of what the hell to do. And there was, you know, uh, there was some, 
voicing out of don't put her in, don't put her in because she doesn't know what she's doing. And that can be really like hard to hear. Um, yeah. uh, but um, I think we ended up winning the game. <laughs> I was like, cool. I was like, I may not know what the hell I'm doing, um, but I'm gonna, I'm just going to do the best that I can. And, you yeah. know, eventually it amends were made, not necessarily to me, but understanding like, the importance of like, we can't be throwing rookies in who mm-hmm. in, in, in very important games like this uh, mm-hmm. without them feeling prepared. I felt wholly unprepared. I, a game is like a whole different beast. And I think I can speak to a lot of rookies and newbies. Like you're like a deer in headlights most of the time. 100%. You know? And so um, I knew that one of my best skills was if I touch the ball, I am running for my life. And I think that's what like my being so scared of not knowing what to do, uh, has actually saved me. (laughs) Good. I mean, I'm glad you had those instincts of just, I'm going to run. Oh yeah. If if I'm going to do anything, I'm just going to run like hell. I was scared of these women. To move us. (laughs) Yeah. I, yep. So from there you got your taste and then did you continue playing? Um, like, did they like kind of take you back and let you watch a little bit and let you learn a bit, little bit more, or were they were like, nah, nah, she's already been in yeah. there, she's it, fine. It, it, it was they, they, you know, ripped the bandaid off. They did it, and I think they understood, like, you know, um, the captains and of the team understood that it could do more harm if you put somebody in this high stress position, and then all of a sudden take it away from them. Because that's uh-huh. that's not that's not coaching them. That's not teaching them. That's using them. And 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 our our leadership group really understood that. And so I mm. I felt very pleased that like yes, like I I didn't lose something. I'm not a disappointment. And so that was that was very good for good. me. And so I I learned and learned. But um, it was one step at a time. Now. Everybody sure. knows that the first year of rugby, first one or two years of rugby and games, you don't know what the hell you're doing, really. <laughs> nope. At least in college, and yeah. depending if you don't have, if you don't have a coach, and you just have sure. player coaches. Like, I mean, I didn't yep. understand what I was doing for you know, for a a good part of my rugby career, like. <laughs> understood bits and pieces of it and right. I knew how to do a small job and I knew how to do that job very very well and um mm-hmm. and so in a in a small picture frame that was good enough for college rugby at at this level right. you know in that stage of development now if we were to have that type nowadays I don't think <laughs> that's not appropriate <laughs> We wouldn't yeah. get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I'm sure it still happens some places, I'm sure, but it's not as common anymore. And I wonder if did you guys ever watch rugby games? Did you ever watch film when you were yeah. in college? Um we we did, but to be honest, it wasn't utilized uh, appropriately. Again, mm. the the knowledge was limited to um our upperclassmen who had yeah, you know, certain understanding of it. You know, we could yeah. watch men's men's professional games, but even still, as a rookie, you don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. there's too much to go on in a. If you were to take forty minutes of it, there's so much that goes on, and what is taught is that there's also so much variability. 
You know, there's mm-hmm. so much improvisation that wasn't taught. And so we didn't have true. a lot of knowledge. And the biggest hindrance to women's rugby early on is the lack of rugby knowledge. And yeah. you have to have really good teachers and uh, the skills will come. But if you don't have the knowledge, that is a really big hurdle to overstep. And, mm-hmm. you know, as throughout my long, long, long career of rugby, I'm like, oh my God, had I had known this from the beginning, <laughs> I could have been so much better. But yeah, um, it's, you know, we all, we all have those throughout our journey. And sure. Yeah. And like you said, you're, we're a pioneer, we're pioneers. We're like some of the earlier club teams. I mean, there, there were club teams around. Oh, for sure. Since, since the seventies, I actually used to play on the, um, one of the the oldest running women's team, I think it was 1974. Oh, the Chesapeake women in Baltimore. Shout out. Um, Great. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, 1974, right. Mm-hmm. That's not that long ago. Right. That's really not in the grand scheme. And I totally get it. The rugby knowledge was lacking. Like the big picture thing was lacking and same for me that the upperclassmen had a better idea right. of what was going on. So they could kind of teach you, kind of tell you, show you, but they didn't always have the words to describe it yeah. and like really teach it. Yeah. You're, you're right. Suze. Yeah. So what do you think about, I mean, you said you love sevens, right? Oh yeah. How did, when did you find sevens? Was, were you a college summer sevens player? No, I actually wasn't. So uh, my first, my first year of college, we had our two seasons and then I uh, went, I got invited to do a Midwest camp or like a select side Midwest camp. And I had, cool. I had tried out for that. And it was the Midwest at the time was a powerhouse. They were known for like for the under 23s to be very, very, very strong. And we had uh-huh. a ton of Eagles on that team. So it was very hard to break into that, to that bracket. And so I went mm-hmm. to, I went to the tryouts and it was a great, it was a great experience. Um, but I didn't make the team how, you know, mm-hmm. I had, uh, I was, like the top two fastest girls there. Um, but I didn't make it. And so I'll, what do I do? Well, I actually got contacted by my, uh, by a coach who turned out to have mm-hmm. a huge influence on my rugby career. His name was Mark Santiago. And so mm-hmm. what he would do is he would scout girls who were playing 15s that had a good athletic abil- ability. And he saw my times and he said, Hey, why don't you, why don't you play sevens? And I was like, sevens, what is, what is this all about? <laughs> and, uh, is this even real? Because mm-hmm. um, back then it, sevens wasn't like anything to be proud of playing. Like it was, it was like the made up, like if you're going to play rugby, play 15s. That was, that's the culture was back then. There was some ego around 15. Well, well, yeah. Like that was like, that was like the mother right there. You don't, uh-huh. you don't play rugby unless it's 15s and uh-huh. um, I was like well no I want to I want to play and to be honest like this was a totally different environment because because now it's a woman's team right so I'm playing for mm-hmm. a woman's team it's a much smaller smaller group of women and I mm-hmm. I was led by some fantastic athletes who are powerhouses in um, the sevens you know national team back at back in the days and uh, I had, we had a co a dedicated coach who came from a men's club that, you know, a men's club tended to have knowledge about, they had 
resources. They had structure. Lots of resources. Yes. And so he mm-hmm. came from that. And so he understood and he applied it to this, this women's team. And it was just such a more intimate, um, not, it was not nearly as overwhelming. And as much as I mm-hmm. am an extrovert, I am an introvert. And so like, it was easier to get along <laughs> with less people. And mm-hmm. sevens is more space and it allows the fundamentals of like basic twigs where'd you go i lost you <laughs> do you have oh. me <laughs> okay you're back now okay yes let's say you're oh saying i don't you were just saying like sevens gave you more uh fundamental knowledge yeah like it, it, it i think and this is my firm belief and there might be others who oppose it, but if you want to be a better rugby player, you should absolutely play sevens. Yeah. You have to understand the passing is so paramount there. And it doesn't matter if you're passing short or long, like you need to know how to pass. Yeah. You, you can read the dynamics on the field way more clearly with less people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the fitness is great. Yeah. And so, you know, and I will say that there is a part of me that loved to have my ego stroked because I did a lot of scoring. <laughs> yeah. And so you were the finisher, right? I, I Fast running down the field. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that made me feel, that made me feel valued. Um, yeah. And, and even, and that does not to say that other positions weren't valued because sure. now uh, as, you know, a mature rugby player, I understand that the people who set me up for those positions are, are really rock the rock stars, not just me, you know, finishing it off. They had yeah. to do the work prior to have me have that. And, and, and honestly, back in the day, sevens was a million times cheaper to do. I didn't have any money. Mm. I was, I was a freshman in college. I had nothing, you know, but, um, Mark Santiago and his Midwest sevens team, he was able to fund me to some degree and and he understood my financial difficulties. So they, they really helped me out. And that was a a bond like summer sevens. You can make some amazing memories there. And that is what forever had changed my path of loving sevens for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I don't know if my freshman year I found a women's team or if it was my sophomore year, but there was a women's team near my parents' house in the suburbs. So when I was home from college and I went out and played Seven River, I guess I'm just shouting out my teams now. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was so much fun. Also, I was 19 and I could run all day long, even though I was a pack player. I was sick, young and fit and had just full of energy and it was so much fun yeah. to score but I'm going to bring it back to this point you made too that now too like as I've come and played more and more I realize how much how important the assist is yeah. and I have this dream I have I made an argument with myself I don't know if I ever said this out loud before but that you know how they keep assist statistics in different sports yes that like they need to do that in rugby yeah, and they they actually do that. They actually do that now, like, at least at the men's professional level. <laughs> oh, good. They should. They, they need to do because, it for women's because you know. Yeah, it's a vision thing. You have to be able to see the field and pull up defender and create the space. Yeah. A lot of the times for someone to be able to score. Yeah, and you know, um, Suze, it's many many athletes who grow from being immature to mature 
will finally understand that the assists are very important, that good coaches, that's one of the things that they look at. And I think that's where the division of 15s, you know, in college, the forwards versus the backs. They were two separate entities as opposed to working as as one because we were very individual of like, mm-hmm. the ball's in my hand, I'm going to try to, you know, bust through to make it work as opposed to understanding like it has to be a whole team dynamic. Pass it through the hands, you know, and, and win as a team as opposed to give it to your superstar and let them pass and let's or let, let them finish it run through so, mm-hmm. and with sevens um there truly is no backs and forwards uh mm-hmm. you guys are it's all, all fluid it is all fluid and so everybody has to know how to pass everybody has to know the lines of running everybody should know the plays and how to support and how to rock and that mm-hmm. was the beauty. and the, the the tracking the tackling tracking absolutely and, and I think- sevens will change your tackling game <laughs> it will make you an amazing tackler like that, that is you true. will be reborn <laughs> as a tackler after you play sevens absolutely and and like i said it's it's not they, there are some ingrained like i'm going to stick with 15 people out there which is beautiful it's great however there's nothing negative that you can learn from sevens in terms of individual skills and how to get them better yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's so true. And that's like where now I think that the it's nice to get away and maybe I don't know what the all culture is like across all the, the whole country and the world. But like now I feel like it's so normal for 15 players to play sevens and back and forth. And, and it's like there's not as much ego of like you have to play 15s. I've even played with some women that just play sevens. Yeah. And, that, and yeah, it's cool. And that was actually, it's, we're all part of one community. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I I mean, I would place, I would play 15s every now and then, but I mean, sevens was, sevens was my calling. I love that. That's really cool. (laughs) Okay. Let's pivot because this is crazy. You broke your neck in three places. Yeah, I did. It was a badass break. (laughs) I don't even know what that, like, how is that possible? Uh, what happened? Was it like a, did someone gnarly dump tackle you? Please tell me. <laughs> no, no, I, I've actually never been dump tackled before, but, um, good. Uh, so this was, this was later on in my career. So maybe about like five years ago, um, I played for the Chicago lions team and this was actually during lakefront sevens, uh, which was a, it's a big tournament that happens out in the Midwest uh-huh. it's around like 4th of July. And we were playing in the championship game against our rivals, which was Young Bloods. It's you know, and and during that time period, it was Chicago Lions versus Young Bloods. Those, you know, we were the two top teams in in mm-hmm. the Midwest, and they had some great freaking athletes and athletes that I had known because I had played with on Midwest teams or on you know on the USA team as well. And yeah. so, to be honest, it is a complete freak accident. Um, what had happened is I was going into a ruck. I secured the ball and I was mm-hmm. able to run with it. But the first two steps I took out of that ruck, I had run into the op- the uh, opposite uh, opposite player. You know the opposition. Yeah. And this this uh, her name was Kaylee, but her she is very tall. <laughs> and, and because I was so low to the ground picking up the ball to run, 
Um, I mm-hmm. hadn't looked straight up like where I was running to. I was just kind of exce- moving so I was fast, accelerating into that upright position, but her hips happened to block me. And so oh. I like to uh, give the visual. It was like a bird flying into a window, like that position of how my head hit her hips. And she was coming full wow. force too. So like, you know, and in sevens, you, it's so dangerous in terms of the speed because when you when you collide, you have big impact. And it was during that time. And I'm a chiropractor. So as soon as it happened, I had two electric uh, bolts go down my arms and I just I just dropped to the ground. And like, oh. I was I was dramatic in the sense of like, screaming and yelling and mostly just out of fear because a ruck was happening over me as well (laughs) and um yeah dramatic might be like (laughs) I mean you're playing this down but that's a big deal it 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 really you know I I can look back at it now and say it was a really big deal and at the moment I didn't realize how how big of a deal it was and a lot of my teammates didn't realize how big of a uh, a deal it wasn't and also the coach didn't realize how big of a deal it was and um after uh it got blown up so the sir ah twigs <laughs> come back <laughs> okay you're back oh my okay um you're back so you're um the sir yeah, blew it up the sir on the ground um you know I'm asked the I'm asked the question like can I get up and I I wrapped my hands around my neck and I said I I think I need I think I need help and I remembered in you know chiropractic school they teach you that there's an orthopedic sign that if you break your neck if an individual wraps their hands around their neck and they feel that they can't remove them because of lack of stability most likely there's a fracture And, um, so I knew this orthopedic sign. I was experiencing it. I felt electricity go through my arms. My legs were moving. Um, I sat up, I tried to walk or walk with assistance. I collapsed and then they finally scooted me off. Now there's a funny inside joke that goes about is in the meantime, while this is happening, my coach comes over and, and I will say right now, my coach is my significant other. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. he comes over and he says, you know, he's making fun of like, get off, get off the field. You're letting the other team rest, you know, get, get, get off the field. Like, move. <laughs> and it was such a, and like, oh my we, we give him so much crap about it all the time. And, um, you know, they wanted to call the, the ambulance. And at that time I was like, no, 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 no. I, one of my teammates had volunteered to drive me to the hospital. She is one of the most loyal teammates ever. And, um, uh-huh. you know, that was a very, very, very important game. So I under, I understood it in retrospect, but, uh, I sure. Also, he didn't know the no, extent to your injury, you know, nobody knew. I didn't and even know. <laughs> it, yeah. And it is such a rugby thing to be like, oh, yeah. no, I'm fine. Or like, if you get, you don't want to yeah. go out. I mean, we never got <laughs> off the field and be like, oh, my shoulder feels kind of weird. Like, I only ever got off the field one time when I very obviously separated mine. And I was like, I can't move my arm right. for a minute. Oh, I should probably go. But so much pain, we just were. You're, right, you're right. And there was also, like, 
I mean, I knew I couldn't go on. Like this was something I was like, no, there's, there, there mm-hmm. is, uh, there is an issue going on. I get, I get to the yeah. hospital, you know, I'm walking in, um, I'm talking to the doctors and, you know, they, they're like, there must be, there's a big rugby tournament because we're getting all these rugby players in the emergency room today. And so, oh my God. um, you know, they're like, you know, I'm, I am playing it off as like everything's kind of okay. And people, you know, your teammates assume that you're okay. Like, okay. If, unless the ambulance is there, they, they wheel you off. Everyone's like, Oh, they're, they're fine. And then they might be doing that because of like good wishes. Like, Oh my God, I hope nothing's wrong. Um, sure. but mm-hmm. finally when they, we unfortunately lost the, lost that game. So that was very upsetting, but, um, my, uh, the coach, my husband comes over and he's now in the ER with me and I, the radiologist comes in and they are freaking out and he is so nonchalant at first. And when they put me in a brace on a wheelchair and they board me so I can't move, like he knew something was going up. And I felt so justified to be like, I told you, I told you something was wrong. <laughs> and I was like, you tell those people we can't meet them at the social because, because something's up. And they showed me an x-ray and I had, I had pulverized my C6 in three different places. And two of those places were actually uh where they hold where your structure holds what's called the vertebral artery it's basically the system that gives blood to your brain and those were fractured and then um the whole like the whole middle part of the vertebral body was fractured as well so i had to have emergency surgery infusion um for that for for me to live (laughs) live yeah I was going to say, you're so lucky yeah, that you didn't that was, die, that was, right? I think that is what, um, when we, when you see uh, medical professionals freak out, it freaks you out. And as a medical professional, I was yeah. freaked out because I would have been fine had they not freaked out as much. And then my husband, you know, is so, so upset that he didn't realize the extent to it. And the whole team is worried. Like, sure. I had the best support system. But it was really rough for me because I, I my rugby was done and the the athlete in me I wasn't ready to be done playing I wanted to be like tell me it's okay yeah that I will be fine in a week and I can be be yeah. back playing with my team but that was that was not what happened no. that summer <laughs> not at all it was a how long did it take you um, to recover see two I was I was bed bound for about five months yeah and so that wow. was probably the biggest the biggest hit is going from you know a, uh, an athlete who is out in the summer and I lived in Chicago so like everything's happening in Chicago um and I couldn't do anything yep. so uh that was very that was a very hard point for me not because of my mm-hmm. lack of will but because of my lack of ability you know I couldn't I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself I couldn't wash my hair I couldn't bathe I couldn't cook I couldn't I couldn't do anything and my you know my husband is the one that is is taking care of me and that was a big burden that I did not even realize uh he had to go through until I was in the thick of it you know yeah yeah wow that's it sounds devastating and I I can't imagine 
what it would have been like because you've you've been an athlete your whole life you had been playing sports your your whole life and and then suddenly you're just stuck yeah. in a bed um that must have been such a struggle with identity and yeah, self-confidence it, it, and it was all, it was and I all I'd of say it one of the worst parts yeah. was is that at the hospital after my surgery um they accidentally uh I'll, well I'll say accidentally but I was overdosed on opioids and so they had to resuscitate me after the surgery and so I was absolutely petrified to take any pain medication after my surgery because of their malpractice. Um, yeah. Oh that, my God. Um, that I, I had like nothing. And so uh, it was, it was really, really tough to get through that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You are, <laughs> I am so sorry that happened to you. I mean, you're like so fine. You're like, I'm fine now. I'm yes. playing rugby again. Everything's okay, which is like so much like us. But I didn't, you know, I've never known anyone to go through. That's so yeah. substantial. And, and yeah, wow. I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm so glad you're okay. I'm so glad you've recovered and that you've, you, you went through, I mean, that you got through all of that. Not that you <laughs> went through it. Good Lord. Um, what, what do you take well, I, away you know, from all of it? When I decided there was a, big motivation of why I wanted to come back. Um, but my thing is like, well, I have, you know, two plates in my neck. I have four screws. My neck's not going to break. Like it is a bionic neck. Like if something were to break <laughs> on me, it's not my neck. So I'm safe. So like, <laughs> so, um, but the, the, well, the takeaway was, okay. you know, I can't even say if there's a will or way, like I was heavily motivated to come back to rugby. Um, and so I, I, I feel that that I wasn't, I guess, you know, as soon as I think that's a great question, there was no takeaway except for an experience that, that, that's, that's basically uh-huh. it. Cause I can't, I can't sit here and say I'm here to motivate or inspire anybody who's had a horrific injury in rugby. Cause it, it may not be the best for them to come back. Um, and so I can't necessarily yeah. use my experience as an example to help inspire that. I had to take a really hard look yeah. at what did I want? And everybody thought I was crazy. I mean, everybody was like, you should not do that. And, and it was really hard not to feel supported um, in my decision to come back to rugby. But, you know, when yeah. all of a sudden I did come back and I came back uh, really fit. And I feel like at that age, at the top of my game for that time period, I was all good. And it was just, it was just an old memory. <laughs> Wow. Badass. I, I love that too, that you were like, I don't want to just be some inspirational story. Cause you're right. We all have our own crossroads that we meet, whether it be injury or some other reason that we step away from a game or literally anything in our lives. And it's, it does, it takes a, a bit of soul searching and reflection and um, a reassessment or Oh, what is the word I'm looking for? I can use, yeah, a yeah. reassessment of your values. That, re- that reevaluation. Where of, you're going to go. Things, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's. Yeah. I, well, and you're I, still I'm playing, right? I'm currently pregnant. <laughs> well, I mean, nobody's. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. That's great. Here's our transition. I'm currently pregnant. Lauren, Lauren, uh, I spoke with briefly. Who, oh, shout out to her because she's, she's the awesome. reason you're on the show. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's cool. Um, she described you as a badass rugby player who has babies <laughs> in the off season. 
And I was like, cool. That's awesome. I want to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. So you're pregnant. Congrats. But you've had a a few before, one or two. I have have a two and a half year old right now. Do they they have a little rugby ball or what? well, you buy you know, in tiny jerseys there, like her short shorts are there. <laughs> like, and we, because our, mm-hmm. our team, our club team is the Chicago lions. We have her watch the lion King all day. <laughs> Perfect. That was my favorite Disney movie growing up. So like I resonate really right. hard with that. <laughs> yeah. Like how oh, are you balancing well, that, that's, those things? Oh man, that is a, like, that is a great question. So yeah, well, so it's what loaded. happened is um, uh, I had, we had just been, this was, let's say, three years ago, just finished um, a, rug, a great, great, great rugby season. Um, and, you know, my husband and mm-hmm. I decided that, you know, it's time to start a family. I was in my third, you know, I was in my young 30s and I said, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm ready to do this. Mm-hmm. I obviously don't want to start a family from these months because this is rugby seven, so I have to do it after and, you know, when we decided uh-huh. to, to, you know, become parents, I had never really let go of the idea that I couldn't come back to rugby. Like, I know that many of my peers are no longer playing rugby of, of my same age group. Um, but yeah, like after, no, after just in general, children, uh, yeah, or no, just, just in, general. in general. And so okay. I uh, was like, you know yeah. what? Um I'm going to have this baby and I'm going to reassess if I want to come back to rugby. And what I realized Suze, is that there is really a, a period in, in any rugby player's life, a career that they have to, like when they step away from rugby, it can be debilitating. It can be so lonely and they cannot, they have nothing to identify with, or you can easily step away. It just really depends on the person but I wasn't ready to give up that identity. And it was so challenging to mm-hmm. balance the enormous uh, pressures of motherhood, uh, recovering from my delivery, mm-hmm. and then trying to be an athlete as well. And in the meantime, my husband is a coach. So he, he kept on coaching and sure. it was, it was um, I did harbor some unnecessary <laughs> resentment and like jealousy of like, Oh, you get to see the girls, you know, you know, two times out of the week. And then on weekends, like I'm here alone. And it was, it was yeah, how really could you challenging. Not? And um, so uh-huh. I tried to come back like less than one year and it was, it was the most challenging part of my career because I came black back a player that I wasn't like I wasn't at left off as which I assumed I would come back to and, and yeah. that wasn't the case uh, I you know I had this delusional idea of you know if Serena Williams can do this <laughs> then I can do it too had, <laughs> nobody had pointed out to me or maybe they just how many resources I, does she have though I don't you know <laughs> so like these were <laughs> I you don't have a nutritionist have work, in your like, kitchen absolutely so this this was like the hard delusion that I set my mind that I set myself up for failure so not understanding the trauma that happens with childbirth and not necessarily negative trauma right I, I'm just having 
the, to understand this newborn baby, you know, like, and how to, how to address it. And if mm-hmm. you're breastfeeding and then I have, uh, you know, I had a leadership role in my career at that time, I was pulled in so many directions that I had never experienced that type of stress. And I assumed that I could come back like nothing happened. Like, like I could come back as strong as I did from my neck injury, which was not the case, you know? And yeah, it's I, I mean, different. it's That's I, apples not and oranges, even fruit, right? you know, like it's cool. I wish it was food related, but <laughs> I, and that was, that was such a humbling experience for me to go through because uh, mm. there was no nepotism when it comes to our club team. And I had to earn my spot on, on the A side and uh, my body couldn't handle it as well as I wanted it to. And, you know, maybe from the outside eye, some, mm-hmm. some of my teammates are like, wow, she, she's, she's good, but it wasn't like how I want it to be. So what had happened is, you know, yeah. after that summer s- season, I said, I am going to prepare. I'm going to take another year and prepare for my final rugby season. And I got in the best shape and the fittest shape that I had ever gotten in rugby and I was so ready to play and then COVID happened <laughs> and, um, oh my god it interrupted and- our all of our lives like I am on this projectile <laughs> these are my and expectations I was, and I and I had yeah. I mean I finally started to understand like motherhood and like a budget my time the stress load got easier I had decreased my my career to train like a professional athlete like I had amazing resources and I wow was, girl and I was you know I had played in um our team travel to uh to play in like February for and we got first so it was really really good really good standards Sick. but um mm-hmm. when COVID happened I was furious because I was still hoping that rugby wasn't going to be canceled in it. And it was. And so the position I am now yeah. in is, well, you know what? If it's canceled, let's get pregnant again. And I'll ha- I'll come back in one year. So mm-hmm. that's my aspiration <laughs> is now I kind of know the, the lay of the land. Cool. And I am after this pregnancy, I'm going to be starting my one year rehab program to have my final last rugby career. <laughs> good yeah your final season I love that it's and maybe no that's not that's not that's not right I was gonna say like sometimes a break is is nice because you can rest and you can you can heal but you weren't doing that I mean you were being you you were being a new mom there's there's no rest involved in that again everybody's different I had zero idea what it what it entailed to be a mom I had no idea and I thought I could budget it and, and the stress level was just too much. And I didn't give myself enough credit and, and I kept on hearing it. Like my teammates supported me taking a break, but I just, I was too competitive with myself. I wasn't ready to let it go. And my, my transition, like I am not mm-hmm. gracefully taking that my role as a player is at its near, near end. And that's, you know, why I was like, you know, I'll have this one child and it might change that I might not ever get to play another season. Um, and that's okay. I'm, I'm starting to understand that. However, I'm still going to plan as if I'm going to, so I can have the option. 
Sure. Yeah. So you can make the decision. It's a kind of a control thing, but also we all do that. Like we all need to go through our process to make our decisions and letting go, letting yeah, go of playing and, rugby and is Some people take huge. it more gracefully than, than I do. It's and huge. I- it's just easier for some people yeah. for whatever reason. They don't get as attached. It, like it was so hard yeah. for me. I was so attached and I, I will say like now I have this project, so I'm reliving, I'm reliving like yeah. that. I'm getting that love back that I got from my teammates, but it'd been a, it'd been, it'd been a couple years and, and you just, you're finding out, you're learning different things yeah. about yourself through being a new mom and through like your fitness level and your ability to rebalance things. Yeah. Um, your career, <clears throat> excuse me, your career and your, your training and like all those things. And, and that's a huge key to these major changes in our lives. And like, no, (laughs) boys don't have it the same. Excuse me for being like that. But like your husband's like, yeah, cool. Let's have a baby. I'm going to get you pregnant girl. And then you can deal with it. The scenario of like, if one of us had to go to practice, you or me, who's going to go? Because he's the coach and I'm, you know, I was an A side player. I was like, well, you know, and so there was, girl, there were many debates and that's, that's a calm way of saying it, but you know, yeah. like, you're right. I, I think, um, you know, I'm so attached to rugby that when I step away, it's almost like I can't even watch it because it, it hurts me so much to be in a different role. However, having one child and understanding mm-hmm. that my role now isn't necessarily forever gone it's just changed and it's taking me a very ungraceful several years to get to that point um and I'm still trying right I'm still (laughs) have my foot in the door but but now I understand that if if I want to promote rugby to my children it's not in the form of a player anymore I'm I'm a little bit too old to get to that uh, to be in that level um but I can now I can now give them the gift of rugby community even if mama's not the player anymore (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah and you can teach them so much you know they they can come up in an environment where they know what it is like we didn't know you know where they've seen games where they understand like pattern play and they just have had their hands on a ball that's exciting that's really exciting and I have endless babysitters now (laughs) yeah cool got me (laughs) yeah Oh, hell yeah, girl. Yeah, that's so that's so sweet. Yeah, and that's the thing too. You might lose being a player, but you that, will never lose your rugby community. Thing. And I think uh, when people ask what sport I play or what sport, you know, why rugby? Because it's so dangerous. I tell them the opposite. I said you, you'll never lose the community. Like if you if you survive two semesters of playing rugby in college, it will always always be with you for the rest of your life. Yes. I'm like <laughs> snapping over here. You're so correct. Oh, uh, this has been so great. Okay, so I'm gonna do a little closer. Want, you know, do what? you have a glory I, moment? I, I don't have a glory moment, uh, because everything and, and you know my you know okay. my 15 years of rugby. It's there's so many there's so many beautiful, hard, sad, lonely, funny moments that that really uh, all of color it. the picture. And there's not just one color. And I guess if I had to pull that experience out is that I can't pinpoint anything because all of my experiences have made me appreciate and have the love of beauty. 
<laughs> oh, good. That's a I hope that doesn't answer. Answer. I, I love that. that. No. <laughs> yeah. No. You know what? We can close with this. If you want to do the funny story, oh. or you can just tell us oh, how you got man. your nickname. A nickname. Okay. So remember, like, way back in the day where I said when I went to college, I quickly identified the, the, the hierarchy ranks. So I, I went to my, my captain trying to yes. butt up with her. And I said, I said to her, like, just trying to be this mm-hmm. cute little, you know, freshman be like, you know what, I see that everybody has nicknames. Um, they used to call me muscles in high school. So you can call me muscles <laughs> if you want. I mean, if you want to, you can. And my vet, uh, like the captain, like, was like appalled and like the room stopped it's like somebody scratched a record and was like what uh no and then at that moment she was like oh no rookie from now on we're not gonna call you muscles we're gonna call you twigs (laughs) i got cute you got the opposite everyone's like wait you don't look like a twig so why do they call you with twigs and i was like i i get i know i know i done fucked up (laughs) I had you no you asked for it. You asked for that. I didn't, but I did earn mine in a non-graceful way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. It's so good. Okay, well, Twigs, this <laughs> has been you. amazing. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. This too. has been great. Yeah, you've absolutely. absolutely. This is great. Tell your friends. Have them come on. Fill out the Google form. Yeah, we're just going to keep doing this. I don't even know. Like, There's no plan. It's going to be a good time once a week talking like released i'm doing more than that and and uh i think in interviews true. but yeah this has been awesome it's so nice to meet <laughs> you i can't wait to meet you in in real life absolutely like, well hopefully i'll be give you a hug in about one year <laughs> yeah we're yes, we're just absolutely. waiting for that post-covid era to pick up <laughs> yeah oh man yes, well yeah thanks for coming on the show uh be safe you got it keep laughing stay happy I got it. I got you. Give your little one a kiss for me. Okay. Bye. Thank you. All right. Bye. Click subscribe to get new episode notifications the day they drop and never miss a show. Email me if you want to share your stories at suze at withyoupodcasts.co. That's S-U-S at with you podcast.co. My love to you all and thanks for stopping by.